It's my privilege to introduce to you Brother Abraham. He's been here many times before, but it's been a while because of everything that's gone on in the world the last couple years. But uh, my brother Abraham, my friend Abraham, would you please give a warm welcome to Brother Abraham. He came a long ways this morning, all the way from India to be with us this morning. So welcome him as he comes. Brother Abraham. I was wondering which is better, sit on the high chair or stand. And I think it will be the same. <laughs> the height will be the same, I think. So, might as well stand. Yeah, finally I got the book because I think Pastor Tom would have counted my visit and that should have been four times. So, because you have to be visiting, coming here for four times to get that book. So, I got it this time. Amen. Thank you so much for that. Amen. I can use that book today because if anybody wants to know more about what we are doing in India, you can just put your name and your email address or something like that. We will send you an email of saying that we are still alive. That's the most important thing. Amen. And... Uh, I haven't been here for four, three years. Uh, it's not because I didn't like your scrambled eggs, but you know, uh, because of COVID, we could not travel anywhere. COVID really hit our country maybe worse than any other place. And uh, by the time, we still have go through the COVID. We have got more than 10,000 cases every day in India even after all this. And uh, about five million people died of COVID. And uh, so people try to, you know, calculate and find out the percentage. And, uh, you know, 1.3 billion people, so five million. Well, the point is this, there are precious lives. It's not how many people you have in a country. It's a question of a father, question of a, a brother, a mother, a daughter, just dead, just like that. And uh, my saddest thing is, of course, I lost 35 of my pastors last year for COVID. That's heartbreaking. You know, in one month, they were just 35, 40 years old, and... Uh, one fine morning, they were gone. They were not sick. There was no problem with their, with their health. They were perfectly okay. And they were not there. And um, so I was affected by COVID uh, early last year, by January. I was in the hospital for 15 days fighting COVID. So COVID and I had a fight, but I didn't allow COVID to win. So I said, I believe God just gave me a lease of life. And I could have been dead. I was more deserving candidate than those 35 men who died. They are much younger to me. And... Uh, but I believe uh, 
the Lord wanted me to stay for some long, sometime longer. And uh, when I came out of the hospital, that something really hit me. Was uh, so because, as I said, everything was shut down. You talk about a ghost town. India became a ghost country. Nothing on the road. You know, no, all the shops, malls, markets, churches, temples, every conceivable, uh, you know, uh, public place. Everything was shut down. Only a few places where you can go and do, do the shopping for the food was authorized by the government. That's the only places were open where you can go and buy your food for certain hours of the day, and th that was it. And uh, so, you know, things were not great. So I decided to have some Zoom meeting with my my pastors. So everybody cannot come on Zoom because most of them were in the villages. Many of them don't even have a phone. So about the 350, 400 pastors will join me in my Zoom meeting every week. I, we prayed for two hours, praying for the people, praying for God's protection, praying for the dying stop, you know. And uh, in one of my meetings, uh, one pastor said, I want to say something. I said, sure, because this was just after I came out of the hospital. They just declared I'm negative, I can go home. And this dear pastor said like this in the meeting, he said, when you were in the hospital, he said, I was praying a prayer to God. And I said to the Lord God, if you're going to take anybody home, don't touch Abraham. He said, I, he said, I prayed to the Lord, Lord, you can take me. If I die, of course, my family will suffer. But he said, if Pastor Abraham is dead, thousands of pastors and their families will suffer. It hit me so hard. I could not imagine that somebody praying, laying down his life in my place and saying, God, you take me, but not him. I, I suddenly realized that I have a, a large family, you know, 4,500 pastors and their families right across the nation of India. So that is the ministry that we are doing, and we keep growing. We could not do much in the last couple of years because of COVID, only a little bit here and there. So I want to apologize to you for not being able to do much. I could only start 150 new churches. So sorry about that. We'll, we'll try to do something better next time. Amen. So... Thirty-five pastors dead in one month. That left thirty-five widows and children. About eight years ago, my wife came to me one day, and she said, uh, "I wanted to start a widows' fund." I said, "Well, why would you do that?" 
she said uh, the lord is speaking in my heart that i should take care of the widows uh, pastors who have been martyred pastors who have died young so there's nobody to take care of them so would you mind i said that's wonderful she she called that ministry as naomi fund because naomi was a widow so when she announced that we are having a kind of a ministry trying to help widows we started to get you know applications call from people saying that there's a widow here there's a widow there suddenly we realized there's so many widows who desperately needed help so i said to joyce my wife i said it looks like you heard god you know but we did not realize that we'll be left with 35 widows in one month we never thought that will happen and uh, so we are trying to find some people to sponsor these widows and their children because they lost their husbands their fathers uh, not for no other reason than covid and uh, so you can help us or you know pray for us pray for these precious people you know and uh, and of course we got all our other needs that i have shared with you here he goes again that's what people who heard me will think that again but that's a fact going again is not the issue the need is the issue amen 425 pastors are praying for a bicycle they are asking for a motorcycle or a car so that they can move around better than walking 15 20 miles every day somebody asked me the other day what do you mean 4500 churches you are talking about uh prayer groups i said no i'm talking about a church the only difference will be there'll be less people that's all how do we define a church uh, a church what i call will be having a minimum of 25 baptized believers it should have a full time pastor it should have a regular sunday worship and then the youth meeting and then the children's ministry and then the weekly programs plus every local church should reach out to 10 villages that is what i call one church and we have got 4500 such kind of churches i still remember meeting with a friend of mine he was from australia we met him at the airport so they are also doing some ministry somewhere in india lots of people do lots of work in india it's a huge country we invite more people to come do whatever you can to reach the people so they are doing some ministry in one state and uh, so he said abraham how is the ministry going on is it going on good just a few years ago so he said well how many churches that's what you ask when two pastors meet what do you ask you know how many people in your church then your your brain goes for a toss because you want to make sure that you say a good number right 
and you will add up all everybody, the janitor, this, that, people going through the week, and, and you'll say something like this. You might be having 25 people, but you'll say, over the week, we have about 175 people in our church. Well, you just say, well, I told lies, God, forgive me. Well, you know, so, that, so I said, we have got 2,000 churches. Oh, that's it? We have been here only for 10, 10 years, and we have got about 1,000 churches, Abraham. What are you doing? He's a friend, you know. So I said, well, would you, Ryan, would you please explain to me what a church is? He said, what do you mean, what a church? Don't you know that two, three people gathered together in my name, Jesus, and that's a church? Well, so I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I should, I should tell you exactly how many churches I have. I said, according to your definition, I have 20,000 churches. <laughs> because if you're calling a, every prayer group a church, I got more than 20,000 prayer groups run by my pastors, you know? So, and then, you know, we are looking for help for our orphans. I run 17 orphanages. Most of you heard me before and uh, hear it again. Otherwise, don't invite me, because if I come, I have nothing else to say. <laughs> I, have, I want to tell you what we are going through, what we need, our people, and that's why I'm here. You know, I'm not a worldwide traveling evangelist. I'm just a pastor doing the work of God in a nation like India. That's what I do, my dear friends. That's why I'm here. I'm here to share my heart, my vision, my needs, and challenging people to stand with us. India needs Jesus Christ. Amen. People need the Lord. And we want to do whatever we can within our power to touch that nation with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you today as men, help us. Help us to reach the lost. Help us to bless the people over there. There, Help me to buy a few bicycles. You know, $100 will buy a bicycle in India and so many other needs. Help us to sponsor a widow who just became a widow overnight for no reason. And the needs continue on. And continue to pray for us. And India needs your help. Amen? And uh, I think I must have cried more than any other time in my life last year. Burying one after the other, my pastors was not easy. They're not just pastors I picked up on the street. They were men who grew up under me as young men who went through my Bible college. I conduct their marriage. I put them in the church as a pastor. Some of them became area pastors. To see them dead was heartbreaking. But they fought a good fight. They ran a good race. They finished their course. And uh, looking forward to seeing them one day in heaven. You know, that's the only thing that you could do. 
Amen. I think I got a few more minutes. Can I share a little bit from God's word? Is that okay? Stop talking about money, Abraham. Say something good. <laughs> uh, here we go. I just wanted to share with you quickly a, a, a couple of things that God has put in my heart from the story of blind Bartimaeus. It is, you see that in Mark chapter 10, the story goes on from verse 46 to the end of the chapter 52. Let me read a verse, because you, got, you should always read a verse so that you look like a preacher, you know? You should read one verse, and then people will know this is a kind of a message he's going to preach. So you feel good. So here we go. Verse 47, Mark chapter 10. And when he heard that he, it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. We all know the story of Bartimaeus. Born blind, put on the roadside by his family to beg. That's his job. If he's bringing good money in the evening, people at home will be happy. If you don't, they're not very happy. You're grown, you're a man, and you are a pain, you are a problem, you are a burden. That's what they think. And he knows, what can I do? So he comes here and sits from morning till evening, begging. Every time when he hears the footsteps of people, every time when he hears somebody talking, he starts calling out, asking them to give something for him. So that's what he was doing every day. And in the course of him listening, sitting there every day, he started to hear in the recent days about a man. A man by name Jesus. And he was hearing about his miracles and healings that he was doing to various people. 38 long years, the man who was paralyzed, he made him to walk. Lepers being cleansed and so on and so on. And Bartimaeus started to wonder, if I could ever meet with him, there could be a chance that I could be healed. But he was hoping against hope because he's not going anywhere looking for him. That means he has to come that way. And one day, while he was there sitting and begging, there was a crowd unusual to every day. A large number of people were going through and he said, hey, what's going on? Where are you guys going? And they said, don't you know that Jesus of Nazareth is coming? Amen. He said, great. My day has come. And I'm going to try it. Because if he could heal the sick people, if he could heal the lepers, if he could heal 
the lame and the paralyzed, I'm going to have a chance. And I'm not going to let it go. So it says in verse 47, it says, And we heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. He began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. He was crying out to Jesus. He was crying out of desperation. He wanted his life to be changed. He wanted a miracle to take place. And through his knowledge of listening to other people, he realized only this man could do that. I'm a born blind man, a burden to my family. Many times I, I wish that I was dead. But here I am begging day after day. But today is going to be different because I'm going to reach out and call out to Jesus Christ. Amen? And he cried out. I want to just say three things about how did he cry out? What did he cry out for? And how the miracle took place. Let me run it through quickly for you. Number one, you know, I always think about Bartimaeus. In his life, I think he has resigned to the fact that he will be blind for the rest of his life. He will never be able to see. But the only difference is, Jesus has come to town. Amen? Amen? My dear friends, I want to encourage every one of you. We may not be blind, but we may be facing situations and challenges and problems in our life. We think that it will never change. We think we have to live with it. But I want you to hear me today. Jesus is in town. Amen? He changes everything for us. Amen? So number one, Bartimaeus cried out. He cried out for the right thing in his life. You know, people cry out for so many things. Sometimes we cry out for the wrong things. But Bartimaeus was crying for the right thing. What was the right thing? He's not asking Jesus, open my eyes. No. He's crying out and he's saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. Amen? The right thing to cry out was asking for his mercy. Amen? I believe that just like him, every one of us, what do we cry out for? What do we really want from God? What do we want from Jesus Christ? I believe the best thing that you and I can have is the mercy of God. Amen? When the mercy flows into our life with mercy, 
everything will come for us. Amen. We all need God's mercy. Our life, the struggles, maybe the wrong things that we have done, whatever it is, the needs in our situation, we need God's mercy. He cried out for the, the right thing, friends. There are so many things you can cry out for. But the question is, do I cry out for the right thing? And the right thing is to ask him to give us some mercy. Amen? And the second thing is, Bartimaeus was crying out to the right person. That is number two. Amen? People go to different people for different things. And isn't that so sad that we think that person can help me? We think that things will work out if I could spend time with that gentleman. Many times we are disappointed. Why? Because we are crying out to the wrong person. The hope that we had on that person is not right because he is not the right person. He will listen to you. He will feel sorry for you. And he will say something, I wish that I could help you, man. He is loaded with money and he is still saying, I wish that I could help you. Help me, man. But he's not. That's human nature. People around us, they say that I could, I would, but you are crying out to the wrong person. But he picked up the right person to cry out. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David. I believe the only person that you and I can cry out that will give us an answer is Jesus, the son of David. Nobody else, friends. Don't waste your time. Running around in circles, making a checklist of whom I can go, whom I can ask, who is going to help me, this is my problem, this is what I need. Turn around to Jesus. He's the right person. He's the only one who will not turn you away. The only person who will listen and he will take action. Amen? The Bible says there is no other name under heaven through which that we could be saved except for the name of Jesus. No other name, my dear friends. And he is more than willing and he is more than able. His virtue goes together. It's not only his willingness, but his ability. He is able to reach out and nothing is too hard for my Jesus. What are you looking for in your life today? When you walked into this reload, sat there in that chair, your heart is crying out within yourself, saying, how am I going to handle this? How am I going to face this? My dear friend, it's not Abraham is here, but I want you to know that the right person is here. The name above all of the names. The one who will never walk away. The one who will reach out and touch our lives. Would you cry out to him? You can walk out of that door with your answer 
in your life. I promise you, as a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? All right. My time is getting close. Let me close my Bible. Makes feel good about that. You know? I always try to close my Bible to give a kind of a false security <laughs> to the people who are listening, you know? Because when a preacher closes the Bible, then you know this guy is about to shut up because he closed his Bible. But my problem is I was not looking much in there, so opening and closing doesn't really make any difference. But you should feel good. That's what my prayer is. Amen? By the way, I've got some brochures sitting there. If you wanted to take one on your way out, please do that. And that'll be a great blessing. I've got one more point to make because I've got three minutes to go. I was told if you don't shut up by 7.30, you're not coming back again. So I want to come back again because I like your breakfast. You know? Anyway, the third one, he cried out at the right time. For everything, there's a time. God has set a time for us. And we read that, you know, there's a time to do this, a time to do that, to cry, to, to laugh, and all those kind of stuff. He chose the right time. People were getting angry with him. They asked him to shut up. They said, don't scream, don't cry. He's too busy. You are a beggar. You are a blind man. He doesn't have time for you. Every possibility for him to say, well, maybe this is not my time. They're all getting angry with me. So let me shut up. Let me not cry out anymore. Maybe I should wait for another time. Maybe when he comes next time, I'll call out to him. No, my dear friend, if you study the history, that was the last time that Jesus came through Jericho. He never went through that again. Isn't that amazing? If he did not call out that day, he missed his miracles. What is it to Peter? What is it to John? They can see. They're having a good time with this guy, Jesus. I'm the one sitting and begging on the street day after day. It's my need. It's my problem. I'm not going to let go. This is my time. He won't let go. Because he cried out at the right time. Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. And the Bible says, Jesus stopped. Do you know that? He's the only one who will stop for your cry. Others will keep on walking. Others will tell you not to cry. Others will tell you, why are you making such a big noise? Others will say, you'll be okay. No, my friend, I'm not okay because I'm blind. I need help. And that man who is walking with you guys, he's the only one. And this is my right time. Because I find the right person. And I'm calling out for mercy. Amen? Yeah. And he stopped and he called him. Come, what do you want me to do? I can't see. I would like to see. Jesus touched him. He opened his eyes. Sent him home. Amen? Well, that's my message. I can imagine. I'm just finishing. Your, your watch is not right. That one. <laughs> so call out for the right thing, to the right person, the right time. The miracle is on its way. 
and god bless you my dear friends thank you